0: Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job.
1: The date is August 1586. The Babington plot, a plot to kill Queen Elizabeth, has just been stopped. Walsingham needs more help because another plot is surely around the corner.
0: Hello? Is anyone in here?
1: I'm in here.
0: Ah! I, I can't see you!
1: That's the idea.
0: Why are you sitting in the dark?
1: Element of surprise.
0: And the element of heart failure. Can I turn the light on?
1: Please do. That's better. Oh, you're all dressed in black. It's why Queen Elizabeth refers to me as her moor.
0: You look like the milk tray man.
1: You found us okay then?
0: Barn elms. Yes, it's obvious at your headquarters. Oh really? Why? Because you have 68 horses stabled outside.
1: Drat. I told them it would look suspicious.
0: It's not difficult to work out that you use them for communication. Unless, of course, you're entering the Grand National.
1: Damn. Still, that means you've got good observational skills. That's helpful. I understand you're looking for a cryptographer. Yes. We need to strengthen our skills in that area. Sure. I remember when intelligence gathering was focused on foreign courts and invasion. Do you? (sighs) Those were the good old days. And it's not any longer? Oh, no. The biggest threat comes from within now. I see. It's why we have created the new word Intelligencer. To cover the new world order of plots and counter-espionage.
0: So you're like the founding father of MI5 or
1: MI6 then? The what? Government departments set up for home and foreign security? It's not a formal structure per se. More a web of personal relationships with agents who all operate individually. Not cogs in a bigger machine.
0: That's code for there's no overarching strategy here.
1: I have a network of agents and informers reporting directly to me instead of the Queen.
0: Talk about micromanagement.
1: I operate across 46 different locations, from Constantinople to Algiers. Whoa! That's a lot of intelligence to go through. It's why I work a long day. I start when I'm still in bed, making notes on what needs to be completed that day. I'm still at work late at night.
0: There go my weekends.
1: The only way to cope with the workload is to divide and measure the day according to the urgency of business.
0: Also known as prioritising the to-do list.
1: I am an inclusive employer. What does that mean? I hire members of the gentry, right down to jailbirds and petty criminals. Criminals? I have a chap embedded as a prison spy in Portsmouth and the Marshalsea. That's
0: a job I won't be applying for.
1: Agents are awarded on an ad hoc basis, but only for operations actually carried out. Hmm. They are hungry to serve and very loyal.
0: Well, I'm hungry for a regular salary.
1: Have you a university degree?
0: Yes, in advanced mathematics.
1: Ah. I did linguistics at Cambridge myself. French and Italian.
0: Oh, very useful.
1: Got me the job of English ambassador in France. And what did that involve? Keep an eye on things. Keep trade flowing. Sounds simple. I was there during the St. Bartholomew Day Massacre in 1572. Terrible thing to witness. Did you get involved? My home became a safe house. One man carried a side of mutton on each shoulder, as he thought they wouldn't have any interest in a delivery man. Did it work? He disguised himself as a groom and hid in the stables.
0: And now you're in with the Queen?
1: Not all the time. She threw a slipper in my face once.
0: She was probably flirting.
1: But I am her Principal Secretary. And of course, Secretary means Keeper of Secrets.
0: I mean, it literally contains the word secret.
1: Trying to protect the Queen's Majesty can be very tiring. Especially when she doesn't appreciate its seriousness. Seriousness? A bullet came very close to her while in her barge. She chose to see it as an accident, not an assassination attempt, and pardoned the waterman who fired it. That doesn't sound like her. No, but I tightened the gun laws nonetheless. Quite right. Have there been a lot of
0: plots to kill the Queen?
1: Ridolfi, Throckmorton, Parry... Ridolfi? He was taken to my house for questioning. I was authorized to search his house for evidence, and then I persuaded him to change sides and spy for us instead.
0: I've heard you're good at that.
1: Yes, I am. Particularly Catholic priests, whom I'm supposed to be hunting down. Hunting down? My priest hunters search properties for hours, sometimes even days. Days? Ransacking possessions and intimidating servants to reveal secret hiding places. Hiding places? The dead spaces in eaves or attics. Below guard robes and latrines. I feel a bit sick. Cavities behind walls and fireplaces. You wouldn't believe the tight places they get into. I don't want to know. They go in six foot four and come out four foot six. And vice versa if they go on the rack. You execute one religious radical, and another will take their place. True. They only need to be lucky once, whereas we must be lucky every time.
0: Stock up on the horseshoes, then.
1: Would you describe yourself as a cryptanalyst or cryptographer? What's the difference? A cryptanalyst has both the mathematical ability and linguistic dexterity to apply frequency analysis to text decryption.
0: Oh, well. I have the maths
1: part. Perhaps not the linguistic part. Counting the occurrence of individual letters or symbols in order to crack a cipher has been used by the Arab-speaking world since the 10th century. It's taken 500 years for us to start using it. Someone lost the teaching manual? Cipher makers have learned to change them regularly. Take the physician Timothy Bright, for example. Who? Who? He devised short handwriting based on a system of 18 symbols, using hooks, loops and lines. I always knew Doctor's handwriting was in another language. And we haven't even covered invisible ink. Invisible ink? Agents expecting to be searched develop methods of concealing their secrets. What have they been doing? They use a solution of alum and a pint of vinegar to write a message on the inside of an egg. Which is invisible until the shell is broken.
0: And the plausible excuse about why they are carrying eggs on them?
1: Or they write it on paper, which is then dipped in water and held near the fire till it appears.
0: Or catches fire?
1: Many agents have experimented with crushed onions, citric acid, orange juice and their own urine.
0: If you ever have a cocktail named after you, that will be it.
1: Yes, well... Encryption is far safer than using invisible ink. I'd say so. And if you need to, you can use my forger, Arthur Gregory. What does he do? He can restore the wax seals on letters so that no man can judge that they've already been opened. So what is it exactly you're looking for? Since the Throckmorton and Babington plots, we've realised we need more cipher skills in England. Can you walk me through these plots? I'd like to know what kind of thing you need from me. Henry Cochrane was a London stationer and bookseller who had been using his shop as a post office for Mary, Queen of Scots letters. Sounds innocent enough. He was connected to a man called Thomas Morgan who created over 40 separate alphabets for Mary to use in her correspondence. Crikey! He was employed by Archbishop Beaton, Mary's ambassador in France. With you so far? The Morgan Cipher was how Throckmorton described how he was communicating with Mary and her English supporters in Paris. Oh, I see Morgan was the one who recruited Gilbert Gifford to be a courier for Mary. He was a young Catholic cleric got it. Gifford told Mary that he could get letters out of a house concealed in barrels of beer. She agreed right. But Gifford was working with me and her jailer while she was under house arrest. Oh. I employed a man called Thomas Phillips, who had a gift for codes and ciphers to help. Uh Uh-huh. The cipher alphabet which Mary used to correspond was an assortment of 23 symbols. Even though there are 26 letters in the alphabet? Interesting. Some like Greek letters. Some like Arabic numbers, as well as musical notes. It was a hybrid of a cipher and a code. Clever. As it turned out, Philip's talent wasn't really needed. Why? Mary decided to change her ciphers. OK. She sent out a new alphabet to the French ambassador, Chateauneuf, and her other correspondents. So, we had the key to each symbol. I
0: take it back about being clever.
1: Chateau Neuf handed Gifford all the mail for Mary that had been backing up at the French Embassy since the Throckmorton plot. There were 21 packets of it. Whoa! Gifford passed it to Phillips for deciphering before another courier took it to her. In the beer barrels. And no one thought that she was getting through a
0: surprising amount of beer for a woman.
1: We kept it going for months so that she learned to trust the new system. And did she? Yes. Yes. She relaxed and let slip that the English Catholics would rise up and take over.
0: Where does Babington come in?
1: Now. He wrote to her, assuring her of his support and faithfulness to her as his queen. And he started to outline the suggested plan of attack. And Mary fell for it. She asked lots of questions about what he could actually provide. And which ports were most suitable for a foreign landing. So yes... That alone was treason. So you had the evidence? Phillips knew it was the evidence we needed and drew some gallows on the decrypted version that he sent me. He's a very amusing fellow.
0: Very dark sense of humour.
1: Babington was told to burn Mary's letter but he memorised the contents and he was able to provide us with a clear summary afterwards.
0: So she definitely wrote those letters then?
1: The letters were dictated, in French, her first language, to her secretary. What did he do with them? Well, he then translated them into Scots English. But, yes, the absence of a manuscript in her own hand did weaken our case a little. What happened then? Phillips got hold of the letter and used Mary's cipher to add a postscript, asking Babington to name the six gentlemen who would be dealing with Elizabeth.
0: Oof, that was a bit of a gamble, wasn't it? It could have blown the whole operation.
1: It could have done. But as it turned out, Babington didn't get a chance to reply. Why's that? I decided to arrest someone that was involved, and it sent the plotters into a panic. A panic? Babington met with someone that had volunteered to kill the Queen previously, called Savage.
0: So hang on, was Babington on your side or not?
1: He told me he had news of a plot... But he tried to play on his relationship with me to buy time. Why? Either to get the conspirators to escape, or complete their murderous plans. Ah. Babington went to a tavern with one of my agents called Scudamore.
0: Ah, the old get-him-drunk-and-blab technique.
1: While there, Scudamore got a message from the Royal Court, and Babington panicked. Thought it was his arrest warrant. And it wasn't? Babington offered to pay the bill and then ran away, leaving his cloak and sword behind. Where did he go? St John's Wood. He cut his hair and muddied his face. He panicked then? Ten days he was on the run, dressed as a farm labourer. Then we caught him.
0: When he failed to do any farming, obviously.
1: And then here we are. Indeed, here we are. As I said earlier, we have to be lucky every time. And it won't be long before there'll be another plot to discover and stop. Well, I'm happy to help. I think I have the skill set you require. Excellent. You can start tomorrow. So, what's your job here? If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. Fair enough. Next time, it's Mary, Queen of Scots and the Librarian. that she doesn't have to shh.
0: The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at synth 79 p and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History.